Hello everyone. Hello. <laughs> I was going to say I'm Evan, but I'm pretty sure everyone knows my name. <laughs> if you forgot, there it is. Um, I wonder if you can guess what my talk's going to be on today. I haven't made it very obvious in the slide, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, more Well, in a sense, but love. Um, but I'm going to start by telling a little story. Um, so when I was 17, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life, um, and still do to some extent. Um, but at that time, I was just about to finish sixth form, and so you know I had to do something. Was I going to go off to uni, or was I going to do something else, or whatever? Um, to put into more context how clueless I was about what I wanted to do, um, last year I asked my mum, out of curiosity, what did I want to be when I was a kid, when I was growing up? Because every child has, has some sort of dream. Um, and she said, without, without even thinking about it for a second, you never wanted to be anything. <laughs> and so I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> Very revealing. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how kind of clueless I was. Um, but I then came to kind of two realisations. The first um, was that it wasn't about what I wanted, where, where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. Um, but it was about what God wanted, what God wanted to do with me. Um, and the only problem with that is I don't know what God wanted me to do, either. <laughs> um, yes, so then I was like, oh, well, that's not very helpful either. Um, but then I came to the second realisation, um, was that I knew exactly what God wanted me to do. Um, it's very clear, so obvious, <coughs> straight down the line. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. And I thought, oh, there we go. Done. <laughs> that is what God has called me to do. Um, and so I interpreted that um, as being part of my church's, uh, what they call their internship, um, for a year. And so I worked with vulnerable adults, addicts, also youth work, families work, work with the elderly as well. So it was a whole bit of everything while learning a bit of uh, theology and New Testament Greek um, at the same time. Um, yeah, God was clear what he wanted. Love your neighbours yourself. So I'll be taking my talk from my own experience of God's love as well as, well as of course, the Bible, um, but also a book that is called Works of Love by Kierkegaard. Uh, who was Danish and was born in the middle of the 19th century, so super up to date. Um, but if you don't know who Kierkegaard is, he's kind of a philosopher theologian, and you can kind of sum up a lot of what he says um, by he's trying to answer the question how do you be a Christian in Christendom? Or how do you be a Christian when everybody says they're a Christian? Um, so he's got a real heart for being authentically uh, Christian. Um, but this book, Works of Love, um, I really, really like it because when I, I was, someone just recommended it, and when I first read the first few pages, it was as if someone was just reading about my life and my experience of God's love. And I was like, yeah, it is, yeah, it is like <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, so, hence why that source. Yes, so, um, okay. So what I'm going to be doing in this talk is just going through this phrase, you shall love your neighbour as yourself, and 
picking it apart, but just explain a few words. So here's all my slides. Maybe are in italics. Shallow in italics. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> as yourself in italics. <laughs> and then blank. <laughs> so that's a little spoiler. Um, but yeah, that gives you the structure. <laughs> There's a lot more to say with just italics. Um, and of course, I'm coming from a place um, of uh, knowing that the only person who can love everyone is God. And also knowing that love isn't just a load of words, um, but it's action. There's always action and doing and being in love. So, to start, this is for us. Um, I'm going to read out a few Bible verses, just where this phrase, you shall love your neighbour, as yourself comes from. So, in the Old Testament, Leviticus uh, chapter 19, verse 18, in the ESV, um, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but instead you shall love your neighbour as yourself. I am the Lord. And then Mark 12, verse 30 to 31. Um, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And finally... Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, in the King James Version, just to spice it up. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law um, and the prophets. Finally, Luke 10, verse 27, in the message, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. I've read it out multiple times because if you don't remember anything else, love your neighbour as yourself <laughs> is the summary. Um, but it's mentioned in all of the Gospels and yeah, love is so central. So, number one, neighbour. Um, who is your neighbour? Is the question that comes to mind when it says well, you shall love your neighbour, if that is the, that's the thing that's being loved. Um, and this is kind of a, a strange one, because the neighbour is both everyone and also everyone you can, which isn't 100% overlap. Um, but it's important that Jesus doesn't just say, I love everyone. He says very specifically, you shall love your neighbour as yourself, or love your neighbour as yourself, said as a kind of command. I think that's important. Um, but why doesn't Jesus just say, I'll love everyone? Just surely it might mean the same thing. Um, but it's because he's practical. He doesn't want to burden us with the impossible. Um, he wants us to live this love out. And if he says, love everyone everywhere, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Jesus knows um, how love works and he knows its practicalities. Um, and he, yeah, and he doesn't want it to be an empty rule, you know. Yeah, just do that. Well, it's not going to happen. It's not an empty rule. He wants it to be filled. But I love everyday individual people and the big stuff and the small stuff. Mm. Um, and the second thing of everyone who's near doesn't mean necessarily everyone who's emotionally near. Even though, of course, it's important to love those who love you and you love them. 
Um, but whoever crosses your path, whoever you can. Um, and this might seem kind of restrictive, but really, like, nowadays, you can love someone on the opposite side of the world by just giving them a few pounds of charity. Or if you feel called by taking a plane to the other side of the world um, as well. So it's really, it's still wide. Um, but yeah, so you want to love those in your community. I'm going to read out a couple more. Matthew 5, 46. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And Galatians 3, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is, no, there is no male and female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. Yeah, love affirms that we are all valuable, we're all God's children. Um, as someone said last week, we're all God's favourite child. Um, yes, yeah. Mm. And that's the realisation of love is the value of everyone and it doesn't matter one thing that's been playing in my mind I think it's just because I've, I've mentioned something but it's being unproductive and we really love the word productive we all want to be productive but I've learned to really hate that word <laughs> <laughs> because by productive we always mean very specific things in our life that are work and sometimes we kind of mean more wider things but it can kind of insinuate that oh, if I'm not productive then I'm not worth much which is what we can think um, so I like to use the word fulfilling because if I've had a day where I've done no work at all but I've been for a walk I've met a friend I've baked some bread like that's a great day <laughs> I've done nothing on my to-do list but that's a great day <laughs> that's a worthwhile day um, yeah, yeah. And of course we know the um, Jesus parable of the Good Samaritan, just then this little section on neighbour, where the high priest walks by this man, this needy man on the floor, but the Samaritan, the loose lucky person, picks him up. And, uh, the Samaritan is the neighbour. He treats the man on the floor as if he is the neighbour as well. Next slide. I didn't bring a big water bottle. I didn't bring one. I left it at home and put it on the table and thought, I'm going to forget that. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, I won't. I know it's now. <laughs> um, yes, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. And um, this is to say that we have a duty, an obligation to love our neighbour, our neighbour, an obligation to pour out our lives for others. Um, and that is to say that we shouldn't just love our neighbour when we can't feel like it. If we wake up and we're feeling a bit, kind of a bit selfish and arrogant and grumpy, and we're like, ah, oh, maybe I don't need to love my neighbour today. No. <laughs> That's why the, the you shall and the way he says it is important. It's the, we're obligated to do this. Um, I'm going to read a quote from, um, quite an intense quote from Kierkegaard's work of love. Um, yes, so if anyone thinks he has faith and yet is indifferent towards this possession, is neither hot nor cold, he can be certain that he does not have faith. If anyone thinks he is a Christian and yet is indifferent towards his being a Christian, then he really is not one at all. What would we think of a man 
who affirmed that he was in love and also that it was a matter of indifference to him. Mm. And that's exactly, yeah. Mm. What it's saying there is, thing of authentic, authenticity again, but yeah, if someone came to you and said, oh, I'm really in love, I'm really in love with this person, and then they said, oh, but if I broke up tomorrow, I wouldn't really care. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> What's going on here? And he's kind of saying the same thing about our faith um, and the passion. But this doesn't have to mean that we're always super extroverted um, because the deepest um, passion for Christ could be a quiet one, a whisper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is pretty intense. That, that quote, um, but adding on to that, we're also not very good at loving our neighbour as ourselves a lot of the time. And sometimes we're not even good at loving people who are close to us, our friends or our partners or whoever. So, what are we to do? But we're not alone, and there's no need for any burden of self guilt. Oh gosh, I have this obligation to love, but I'm not doing it. It's actually more of a duty to God and love flows from God as I will now explain next one there we are those slides aren't surprising um, you shall love your neighbour as yourself as yourself but maybe there's a problem with that little bit at the end because we don't always love ourselves um, sometimes we also love ourselves in the wrong way. Sometimes we're arrogant, sometimes we're prideful. To put that love onto someone else doesn't, doesn't seem like it's the right type of thing. And we can, of course, do that sometimes. If uh, You can do that with families or nations or whatever else, where you say, oh, I'm not selfish, but there's only four people in the world that are important. And it's just an extension, then, of the selfish love. Um, and yeah. And we're not always very good at loving ourselves kind of on the other end of thinking, yeah, I'm not really worth it. I'm not I'm not that valuable, I'm not oh, I didn't do enough today, whatever else. Or part of my body is ugly or not beautiful, or something like that. So many different ways. Um so wouldn't it be better if we just kind of snob that bit off, just you know, have a scratch through it? But definitely not. And not just because it's from scripture. <laughs> but obviously, yeah. But yeah, definitely not. Because that bit, I think, is one of the most important bits of the you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Because with the as yourself, it implies that to love others, you have to love yourself correctly. You've got to love yourself in order to love others. In fact, Kekian in his book emphasises this by saying, love your neighbour as yourself is essentially the same as saying, love yourself in the right way. And because if you love yourself in the right way, you will love others. And if you're loving others, that means you're loving yourself in the right way. So we need a selfless self-love, not a shellfish, selfish self-love. Put that tongue to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. We do need to love ourselves. We still need self-love. We can't cast it away. And there's one person in your life who you can love in a way that nobody else can. 
some people may come quite close to your unique access to this person, but they'll never have quite the access you do. That, of course, is yourself. There's only one person who can love you in that way. Because there's only one you for every you. <laughs> so, what then is this right way to love ourselves, this selfless self-love? I'm going to read 1 John 4.19 and also John 3.16. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he, do, for he who does not love his brother whom he, whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. In John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. We are loved by God. That's the right way to love ourselves. <laughs> We're already loved. Amen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Woo. Amen. That's where it flows from. God loves you, Tony. Amen. Thank you. God loves you, Paul. Amen. God loves us. God loves you. <laughs> God loves us. Yes. And he demonstrated it with his ultimate act of love. Christ dying on the cross to save us from our sin, from our own indifference, from our apathy, from stone-coldy hearts that don't want to love other people, let alone ourselves. Christ died for us. So, that is why the As Yourself is the bit. We take in the love from God and we flow like a fountain. But a fountain with no water, it's not a fountain. Mm, to love others, we must receive God's love first. That's the source. That's the source of this neighbourly love, of this selfish, selfless, selfless love. Yeah. Now this can be humbling as our self-love, if we've got, which we all do to some extent, a slightly um, wrong way of self-love. It can be very humbling, um, but it's also eternal bliss. Eternal bliss. Because God's love reveals all of our eternal worth and also, therefore, of everyone else's. So you've got this beautiful, I've never felt more valuable than in my life, but I'm now on equality with everyone. And so a beautiful humility along with an infinite value and any true value. <coughs> Knowing more and more of God's love in every area of our lives is the greatest gift. You shall love them later as yourself. Thank you. Um, that's it. <laughs> um,